Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Y'all come on in. Welcome, all y'all, to my house, Rosie on the House. We're talking today. Pretty much through all three hours of the show about the season of transition that we're in. We started in the outdoor living hour, eight o'clock, talking about transitioning that lawn into our winter lawn. Nine o'clock hour, we talked about transitioning that heater from air conditioning to heater and what you need to do to prepare that. Today, we're going to talk right now, this hour, we're going to be talking about other areas of transitioning. We're going to bring in a guest later on in the hour to talk about preparing. We got a lot of questions today, uh, this past week. Once that little cold front, boy, once it dropped below 70 degrees, everybody wanted to know, what do I got to do to get my fireplace ready? <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't want anybody to freeze to death in Maricopa County, that's for sure. So we're going to have Miss Becky Darendahl from... Um, Arizona Chimney Sweep visiting with us a little bit later about getting that fireplace, your fireplace, ready for the winter. Um, uh, and she did say, Rosie, we are as busy as we've been in a long, long time. This little cold snap kind of accelerated uh, our our Thanksgiving busyness has just been pushed back to Thanksgiving or uh, Halloween busyness. So That's a couple weeks early to be this cool. It is. It is. Our first little snow dustings uh, kind of hit, kind of nice. You did get a um, top of the hour question. Whenever we mention a product, you know, pe- mm-hmm. people for months will. What was that he was talking about? When they go to use it, they can't remember what oh. it was. But it was the the glue, the CA glue. Uh huh. And what is it? And how? Where do you find it? And why is it different than super glue? What's What's the deal? Well, um, I've actually been told that it is super glue. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a woodworking supply store or a uh, ace or true value and go to the adhesive section there'll be a little a little uh it I, what i've seen is like a miniature container of elmer's glue it's that same shape of bottle with a long tapered delivery nipple on the top of it and it's clear and that's called ca glue and i haven't found anything that it won't stick together and I mean stick together in a way that it's literally stronger than whatever it is that broke. Um, I took a one-by-two out to the cabinet shop, and I cut a miter in it. And I put that glue on that miter and glued it back together and handed it to a, a, a big man, a big man like a linebacker. And I said, take that apart. And in... And that glue had not been in contact with the wood for over three seconds. And you would think, well, it's not set up. I'm going to just be able to take this apart. He could not physically take it apart, even to the part of beating it on the uh, table saw bench. So it's CA glue, and that might be super glue. That's fine. But when you buy it as CA glue, Right next to it is going to be a little spray can of accelerant. And if you want something to set up really fast, and I'm talking about 
instant fast. Um, you put this glue on one side, you put the accelerant on the other side, and you put it together. You will not be able to adjust it or slide it or get it to fit better. As soon as those two surfaces touch each other, that's the way it's going to be forever. So the CA glue by itself is like super glue. She'll set up pretty good in 15 to 30 seconds. But with this accelerant, and boy, when you're trying to put little bitty pieces of crown molding together around a bullnose drywall, and you've got it cut in 22 and a half degree cuts, and you got you know, four of them to put together. Uh, this little CA glue brings it all together, and then you can just put it up there and nail the whole formed radius with just one pin nail, beep, and it's done. Beep, beep. Hmm. So very handy on, on crown molding, very handy on tricky baseboard applications. CA glue, very fast setting, like super glue, or if you want an instant setting, you use the spray accelerant. And once they touch each other, you're done. No clamps. No. Uh, clamp it nothing. Hmm. Nothing. No aligning, no clamping. When they touch each other, boom, you're done. All right. So that was a question that came in over the top of the hour, so we, we were able to handle that. We're taking your calls if you'd like to ring one 767 4348 we're in a season of transition. One of the things I'd like to talk about is this is a good time of year to go out and take a look at your back patio surfaces, all right? Uh, before we start dealing with any freezing temperatures, if you want to hose down, wash down, clean up uh, your patio slabs, whether they be gray concrete or whether they be cool deck or whether they be concrete pavers, this is a great time of year to do it. You're not under that sweltering heat. But there's a couple things you ought to know. That's really not the place for a pressure washer. You don't necessarily want to pressure wash cement products. Pressure washing a gray concrete slab can actually remove that top fine layer of cement that the concrete layer worked really hard to bring to the top so he could trowel it smooth when he was laying the slab in the first place. And when he's taking his trowel over the top of that concrete and putting that finish smooth sheen to it, that's actually in many respects sealing the concrete. Now, it can open up with a crack or whatnot, but generally speaking, when you're smooth steel troweling that concrete slab, you're putting its own effective, decent sealer on it. Now, in the cold country, to prolong the life of the concrete, you'll want to seal that once it's fully cured. And it, uh, that, that's kind of a puzzling term because concrete's still curing 30 years. It's hydrating after it's poured. But once you pour it, set it, uh, wait at least 30 days. And if you've got irrigation system, sprinkler system up against the slab, you may have to clean off a little efflorescence, uh, get that cleaned off, get it good and dry, 
and then apply a good water-based acrylic sealer to the concrete. And I would tell you to make sure you study the label and make sure it is UV resistant because some sealers that are not UV resistant will turn to the ugliest shade of yellow that you could ever possibly imagine. And you don't want, I know that's not the look you're looking for. So make sure it's UV resistant. We would, we would encourage you not to necessarily take a steel bristle brush and attack anything. If you've got to remove some stains from the concrete, use a concrete cleaner as gentle as you can, as gentle as possible. They make some that are basically citric in nature, uh, that are safe for your plants. Remember, whatever you're cleaning the concrete with is probably going to end up getting washed into your landscaping. So you want to make sure it doesn't wipe out everything that it bleeds onto. But sealing concrete isn't anything we typically do on the desert floor of Arizona. We have some clients that are familiar with it, that come from colder climates, and they want it done. Uh, and then it's probably a treatment that has to be done every couple years to keep it looking good. And you have to be careful because it can actually make the surface a bit slippery. So a lot of times what we'll do is we will broadcast silica sand into the sealer as it is still tacky and allow you to have just some amount of traction when that sealed concrete now gets wet. Okay. And then sealing pavers. Um, I'll tell you one of the things I love about pavers is uh, if you can live with kind of the sunburn, dusty, rustic look of them, uh, they're good for life. Install them and forget about them. But when you do end up going to a commercial uh, application uh, or to a particular residential application where they have cleaned the pavers and sealed them, it, it does add a significant touch of wow. A lot of luster to that. All that color that was in that paver originally just kind of bounces right back out. So you have all that pattern and all that play of color as opposed to just kind of that washed out look. So if that's, if you're insistent on maintaining that kind of look, then Bellegarde paver actually recommends, you know, let's wait 30 days after they're down, uh, wash off any little efflorescence that's there, uh, and seal them. It'll, it'll keep them from inheriting any grease spots or, or date uh, or fig uh, droppings, stains, and it'll hold it, keep it looking like new. So they actually recommend it. Last time we did it, uh, we went to Marvell, and they had some great products That's right. that really helped bring out the luster. And we didn't use a straight power washer. They had these new ones, and they're electric. And they, they, you'll see them, they have like a round hub, and the so there's a spinny uh, thing in there for the water instead of just the straight jet. So it keeps and it's it from, not near the pressure right. of the pressure washer. So it doesn't take the surface off or, or risk putting nicks in it or things like that. And when you try and pressure wash pavers, a lot of times you'll leave streak marks where the mm-hmm. where the where it hit. So that circular floor model, it's a stand-up model. You hold like a big floor buffer, turn the water on, and just scrub away. That eliminates all those streaks. So there's a couple tips for uh, this is time of year 
to get out there and um, spruce up those outdoor patio surfaces. You tell all your friends you handy men and handy women in Pima County, Pinal County, Santa Cruz County, Cochise County, y'all might want to put on your calendar the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association, Saba Home and Garden Show, is October 29th through the 31st. And that's, as always, at the Tucson Community Center. Friday, it's 10 to 5. Saturday, it's 10 to 5. And Sunday, it's 10 to 4. And if you'd like tickets, if you're listening on any of our Southern Arizona stations, KGVY, KNST, and you'd like free tickets, what do you want them to do, babe? Why don't you email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. And we need your name, and of course we'll... uh, We'll put them in will call, so just give us your full name. Okay, that's all we need, your full name for free tickets to the Saba Home Show, Home and Garden Show, October 29th. 30th and 31st. Always, in my opinion, one of the absolute better home shows uh, uh, throughout the state. Always enjoy getting down there. Um, and of know, course, it smells great there, too. As well. Oh, man. Yeah. Food trucks, you can't beat them. <clears throat> yeah. I, I looked it up. They're, they're having the food trucks yeah. this year. It's a good idea to go to the guest services pages before you go. They have some good tips there, and I think also masks are required, so you want to make sure you have what you need when you go. I see what you did. Tip, as in tri-tip. No, I was I wasn't well, that clever. Yeah, that's, but thank that's you. That's one of them. I, I hope they're back again this year. Me too. Man, that's don't the miss part. the tri tip, folks. Take one home. Yeah, yeah, mm. it is a it's their delicious. little their little food court is done very very well every single year. One of the highlights. Um, you know, I was out on a on a uh, call this week with a homeowner who verbalized something that I have found to be very true. In all my years of remodeling in Arizona, uh, I basically started remodeling when I got my driver's license back in 1972. So I've survived a couple ups as well as a few downs in the construction market here in the state of Arizona. And people always ask me, what what drives these booms? And uh, I've, I've, I've reduced it to two common denominators. When I look back on all the boom times where we couldn't keep up with the work, where we were getting more requests for remodel than we could ever possibly do, there were two things that were always in place. Huge amounts of home equity and low interest rates. And I met with a man in North Scottsdale this week that he says, you know, I've been in this home 20 years. When, when we built out here, we were really the pioneers and now it's all come up around us. Uh, we've got neighborhoods and subdivisions completely surrounding us at 360 degrees. This house has gone up 600% from what it was 20 years ago. He says, and, and I want this room added. He says, with the amount of equity I've got in this house, why should I not get the house exactly the way I want it. And 
I, I saw an article today where new homes, uh, the average cost of a new home, the average purchase price of a new home has doubled in the last two years. Now, that's not all price increases. People are putting more into their houses. And even starter homes are getting upgraded to things that generally in our generation, when you and I first got married in 78 and 80 and we bought our first homes, I mean, we were just happy to have a two-burner oven and, you know, and a single uh, uh, compartment kitchen sink and plastic laminate tops. And, I mean, it was, it was our home. But that's the uh, expectations have driven what the builders are supplying. And, and not to mention just the technology of what's going in home. When I first built my first home from the ground up, uh, it, was, it was out in Scottsdale. Uh, it was right about 1977, 78. And I can still remember, we used to put estimates together what this house is going to cost us. And we'd bought an acre of land, and we were putting the budgets together. And for the electrical components of the house, all the electric wire, all the switches, all the receptacles, the service entry panel, and the meter socket, we would allow $3.50 a square foot. And how much is so that? So for a 2,000-square-foot home, we, we would have to allowance about, you know, what is that, $7,000? That hardly even buys the circuit panel right now. And we've taken smart technology so far, and codes have driven uh, the expectations up as well, where we have to provide GFIs and arc fault. Those are great conversations we had a couple weeks ago with uh, Randy Cole of Fox Valley Electric and Solar and how the evolution of the safety of electronic equipment has come so far. But uh, anymore, you're not going to get by on that same 2,000 square foot home. Light fixtures, electrical, devices, for any less than about eighteen or twenty thousand dollars. Well, several of you have already reached out to claim the free. Saba Home and Garden Show tickets. Uh, that's the miracle of the internet machine. And uh, another miracle of the internet machine is we can kind of take a look on Thursday and Friday and see what have y'all hit on our website, rosieonthehouse.com, more often this week than anything else, so that we can kind of see what your interest is all week long. And the number one webpage hit at Rosie on the House this past week was what safety precautions should I take with my gas fireplace? So I knew exactly who I was going to call in the Rosie on the House uh, referral network. 
the right expert for this topic. So I've invited Mrs. Becky Derendahl from Arizona Chimney and Air Ducts to join us for a short conversation. Let's help educate everybody about what they need to know about their fireplace. Miss Becky, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Rosie. <laughs> what are you up? What are you up to today? What are you, what what's your what's your what are your crews out doing today? Well, we are definitely out working on this beautiful Saturday morning. I have to say. And y'all been doing chimney specifically here in the Maricopa County area for how long, Becky? Well, we have been in the Valley for 36 years, uh, and I'm proud to say 10 years of that, we've been certified with Rosie on the house. So it's, it's been a long journey, but a great one. All right. So you, you, Phoenix, Arizona, you wouldn't think would be a place you'd migrate to as a chimney sweep. You'd think you'd migrate to Denver or Vail or Aspen or uh, Deer Valley. What got you all to Arizona? Well, I actually was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a Arizona native, uh, and uh, basically come to find out when we started our business back in 1985 when a lot of people were burning their chimneys quite often. Uh, there was no, no uh, restrictions on them at all. Uh, there wasn't very many chimney sweeps, and we needed our chimney swept. So uh, we just decided to take it on ourselves and just kind of went from there, became a business. Well, that's great. And we've been very fortunate to have you as a partner. You've been a great partner in the the response we get from Arizona homeowners. And you've grown your company from just chimney sweep, and now you'll do dryer vent and air duct cleaning as well. That's correct. Yes, we... uh, we uh, have just evolved over the years, so we started off strictly doing chimneys, uh, but then we quickly added dryer vents uh, because the request was just very prevalent that people also needed that done, and there wasn't an industry out there to do it. And uh, then uh, our customers were also asking for air duct cleaning, so we decided to go ahead and get into the air duct cleaning all right. It's just been really wonderful, and, you know, that's been a great part of our business. We have EPA-certified technicians on staff, and, uh, you know, we keep uh, all three things going. So we can offer, we specialize in chimney dryer vent and air duct cleaning. All right. Now, what would we want Arizona homeowners to know about fireplace safety here just ahead of the season where they're getting ready to turn them on? So I think one of the main things you need to think about is how long has that fireplace been not serviced by a professional? Uh, If you are a frequent burner and you do burn your fireplace a lot during the winter months, uh, you definitely want to have it inspected. Uh, There's much more to the inspection than just looking for creosote. A chimney professional is going to want to check over your fireplace to make sure the mortar joints are in good shape, your damper is operating properly, it's opening, it's closing as it should. The structure of the fireplace 
is solid. You don't have anything that could be falling apart in it that could cause a dangerous fire. Uh, you want to make sure that the chimney cap has a good spark arrestor on it to make sure that uh, you are safe from those sparks jumping out uh, onto something combustible outside, including your roof. Uh, I don't know, everybody knows about Rachel Way's fireplace that caught her roofing on fire uh, in Tennessee not long ago. So that was a, a, a chimney fire caused by not having a spark arrestor. So there's a lot of important things that a chimney sweep is going to look for that maybe um, you as a consumer, you know, just really don't know what to look for. Now, can you clean... Uh, my house was built in the 60s, um, and we have two wood-burning fireplaces that we converted to gas logs. Uh, and when we did that, we had y'all out to clean the chimneys. Now that they're gas-logged, what do I need to be worried about and thinking about? I think the most important thing with a gas fireplace is to make sure that your flue pipe is open and exhausting correctly. So it's important on a gas fireplace to have a chimney cap in addition because that's going to keep birds from getting down in your chimney. It's going to keep them from nesting. Uh, It'll keep debris from flying into your chimney flue and down the fireplace. And most importantly, a spark arrestor also keeps rain out which rain water is not good for any fireplace, okay. whether it be wood burning or gas. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you just want to make the carbon is not combustible as much as the creosote in a wood burning fireplace. So on a wood burning fireplace, that's one of the number one reasons you want to get them swept out is to remove the creosote. You just don't want it to get too thick on the walls of your chimney uh, versus a gas fireplace that only emits carbon, but it still can get very dirty. The carbon can build up, especially if it's propane and not natural gas. Uh, So aesthetically, you might want to have it cleaned to get your logs set cleaned and that type of thing. It's Becky Derendahl, owner of Arizona Chimney and Air Ducts. And Becky, I know you shared with me that y'all are slammed. You're very, very busy. Uh, but would you mind sharing your phone number if people are interested yes. in getting a, a fireplace check and cleaned? Absolutely. So you can reach me at 602-439-3218. And on that recording, it also gives you a couple of options. It gives you our email address and my, my text. Uh, if one of those two things are easier for you to contact me. And just in case I don't answer the phone, there's two other ways to be able to reach me. We did get really busy. The weather kind of moved up our (laughs) season, I would say, a whole month. So it should be looking at Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks, not Halloween. All right, all right. Well, again, that's Arizona Chimney and Air Ducks, 602. 439-3218. You can find them at ArizonaChimneySweep.com. And you can always find them as a proud member of the Rosie on the House Referral Network. Just go to RosieOnTheHouse.com, selecting a preferred 
uh, partner and put your zip code in and just put in the category chimney sweep. Becky Darendahl of Arizona Chimney Sweep and Air Ducts. Thank you very much. Well, we've got callers uh, now lining up here. Uh, where shall we start? Shall we go down to Tucson and welcome Frank into the conversation? Has a has a window project, it looks like. Good morning, Frank. I, let's see if I can help you out. Good morning, Rosie. How are you? Very good. Right. I don't want to step the leader, but... If I give you 15 window places to call, they cannot solve my problem. Okay. Here it is. I've got a picture window five by five. The window is perfect. I know if I have to replace it new, $1,500 to $2,000, I think. I don't know. Anyway, I'm told that you have to get credible people to come and remove the window and then check on what, if it's wood, vinyl, steel uh, frame, and replace the frame, and then put the window back. And then do what you do after that. Uh, Frank, Maybe for $300. Well, Frank, how old is your home? 1988. Okay. So... It's probably a frame home with foam on the outside and stucco. Uh, that you got it right on the money. Yeah. Okay. Um, that complicates the issue, Frank, and it complicates it a lot because at the point we're getting in there and removing the window frame, we are destroying all the weatherproof flashing that's buried underneath that stucco on top of the window frame. So we actually have to get in there and saw cut the stucco about a foot away from the window, remove all that stucco, pull the frame off, put a new frame on, put new flashing on, patch the stucco. I think, I think what you're trying to do may, do you have the capacity to take a picture of that and send it to me? What is, in 1988, uh, the frame of that window's got to be aluminum, doesn't it? I would think it is either aluminum or steel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's aluminum. And what in that, what in that frame, uh, is, it, is it rusted? Is it deteriorating? Uh, what, what about the frame? No, it, 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 is, uh, it is somewhat, uh, I guess I'd call it crystallizing, and it looks ugly. Cosmetically, it looks terrible. And here's here's the caveat to that. Uh, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> flies, house flies are coming in under that frame. Okay. Do do you have the do you have the capacity to go outside and take three or four pictures of this window and send it to me? I can do that. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. Alicia's going to pick you up. We're going to give you the email address for you to email those photos. And let me see if I can't find a way of salvaging the aluminum. If it's crystallizing, um, we've got something going on. Let's see if we can't salvage the frame itself before we get in there and try and uh, have to remove that frame. Because in a frame stucco house, that's a problem. Really easy in a masonry home but not very easy in a stucco home. 
We have another text here from someone that says, I have a brick lining, the cement walk up to my house, and the brick looks horrible, but I don't have the money to replace them. Can I paint them? What do I do? Do not paint them. You will hate yourself. (laughs) Um, So I'll reach out to you. I actually, we took a call last week from a homeowner in Queen Creek who had a patio of red clay bricks that he was wanting cleaned and uh, resurfaced. And I didn't know what to tell him. I did a little research on that this week. Um, if it was a if it was a, a, a paver product, interlocking concrete paver product, I could have helped him. But uh, the fact that it's a clay red brick, uh, I'm going to have to get back in touch with you So now I've got this research on cleaning red bricks for both you and the homeowner in Queen Creek. I'll wrap that up this week. All right. Let's see if we can take our our last caller. We don't like to leave our callers hanging once they get in. Uh, we had a flood of calls there in this last half hour. Let's bring David into the conversation and see what David's up to. Hey, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I wanted to thank you for doing the uh, interview with the chimney sweep. I've known people that have had explosions from the tar buildup in oh, those yeah. uh, in chimneys. And, yeah, if you're using cheap, uh, cheap wood or, uh, I guess, eucalyptus, if you're burning uh, pine, uh, you know, Burning two by fours, boy, that's <laughs> build up in there. Again, yeah, I, I, I was more interested though in architectural standards. Um, you know, as the uh, you know, if if you used to be able to buy a roof with a twenty year warranty on it, uh, now that uh, you know global warming is creating hotter and hotter summers, uh, I'm calling you from over in California and uh, the Central Valley. I'm trying to remember if it was June or July. They never had a day that was below 97 oh, degrees. Man. And so the, the roofs were just getting baked. And I'm betting that hardly any 20-year warranties are going to, you know, the, hardly any roofs are going to be able to live up to a 20-year warranty. Are, are architectural standards changing? Are the roofing companies changing the uh, quality of tiles to be able to keep up with the, the hotter, hotter norm? Well, David, they've, they've really gone through quite a bit of improvement over the last, I want to say, 20 years. Whereas a three-tab asphalt shingle, um, you know, was, was good for basically a 20 or 25-year. Then we started impregnating them with fiberglass shorts, and basically building them out of fiberglass, and we can get those with any amount of buildup at all up to a 40-year roof. I don't know that how much of that was driven by global warming as it was just uh, for demand of a, of a better-looking roof shingle, asphalt shingle, and to do the way to do that was just build up the depth to it so it would add some shadow lines and create more of an architectural interest. Now, you do you live in Arizona, or you do you live in no, California? No, I'm calling you from California. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, uh, you know, with uh, things like, um, uh, you know, every once in a while they'll have a. Uh, you remember people used to do shake 
yeah. shingles on their houses. Sure. And up near uh, Oakland, they had a famous fire about 25 years ago that had uh, the neighborhood was surrounded by eucalyptus, and many of the houses had shake roofs oh, boy. and siding. And so those that whole neighborhood burned up because yeah. of the uh, uh, you know the hot ashes and eucalyptus will create like fireballs that'll travel. They, when they hit a knot in the wood, they can throw a, a glob of hot tar, of uh, bl- flaming tar, basically ninety feet. I think they say. Yeah. And uh, and those landed on those roofs, burned down a whole neighborhood. And I'm wondering, you know, with uh, like you're talking about the fiberglass uh, built into the shingles, would those uh, be more fireproof with fiberglass on them? I, you know, I think there are standards you can buy fire retardant or resistant none of them are going to tell you they're fireproof that's for sure unless you go to a concrete or a metal roof so david i appreciate you listening from california i'm actually going to be spending halloween weekend in lone pine california at the base of mount whitney so uh one of my favorite little places in the what do they call it the gold of the bear state golden bear state you don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know with any confidence. <laughs> I just know they have a bear on their flag. <laughs> They'll soon be coming to the Grand Canyon State yeah, the way the stats are, right? right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's the, num- it's the number one state for Arizona uh, immigrants, for sure. They're sending more people to Arizona than any other single state in the union. So welcome, welcome to you all. Well, David, that was, that was kind of cool. I think the farthest we've ever taken a call from, I still remember it. It was Essex Junction, Vermont. I got a call from... I don't from... remember what the question was, but I just remember they called from Essex Junction, Vermont. I got a call from Bogota, Florida this week yeah. about wanting to know about a product made in Mesa. So <laughs> hmm. okay. I was able to help him. What do you know? All right. Well, that's what we do. We take our Arizona building experience uh, that we've been accumulating since about 1972, our broadcasting experience that we've been accumulating since about 1988, and we try and put all of that to work for you. It's not unusual at all for us to get a call from a homeowner in another part of the country and say, Rosie, do you happen to know a remodeler in Nashville, or do you happen to know a remodeler in Cincinnati? And the chances are pretty good. I do. <laughs> so we, the referral network has actually spawned from coast to coast. Hey, we're here every week to answer your calls here at Rosie on the House. The website's there constantly. Go to it. It's a free resource. It's like an encyclopedia of Arizona homeownership. And it is the number one contractor referral network in the state. Y'all have a blessed week. <laughs>